Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Beautiful ladies, that was a blessing. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And thank you, choir, for the choir special. A lot of folks put in a lot of after hours preparing music for us for Sunday and Wednesdays and other special occasions. I was thinking while I was sitting there that I am so thankful and grateful to be pastor of, of Myo Baptist Church. With, with longevity of 28 years, I get to know really literally generations of of folks, and some I'm working really on a third generation, and it's my honor and privilege. And I want you to know that when I stand, when God has me stand in this pulpit, I should say, I'm going to bat for you. You know, I, I, I want to see you blessed. And I want to see you in the center of God's will. And I know it's not easy sometimes, especially in the day and age in which we live. But I'm going to, to bat for you. And, and, and believe it or not, even when I step on your toes, I'm going to bat for you. Even, even when I say something that you might not understand or even agree with, I'm, I'm going to bat for you. And uh, one of the most important things in my life is, is standing in this pulpit and, and preaching the truth. Not not preaching my opinion, but preaching the truth, preaching God's word and, and getting it right. And I think what I'm going to share with you today, not I think, I know what I'm going to share with you today is one of the most important truths that anyone can imagine. Now, we're going to begin, rather oddly, with an article but there's, uh, that I read recently. And I was so impressed with this article that I forwarded it to both of my sons, if you're visiting, both of them are pastors, one in Wisconsin and one in, in Texas, and I, I forwarded this to them, and they both made mention that, Dad, that is a great idea. And, and the, the title of the article is on the screen behind me. Will it make the boat go faster? Will it make the boat go faster? And I read that article, I said, that's one of the most inspiring and helpful articles I've ever read. And I immediately forwarded it to Matt, forwarded it to Jeremy, and this morning I'm forwarding it to you. And I hope you will find it equally inspiring, but we're going to take this article, which is honestly a secular article, but it's got a good principle to it, but we're going to apply it this morning to a very important doctrinal biblical truth, and I think they mesh together very well. But the article... The British rowing team had not won a medal since 1912. And by all measures, they didn't have a good rowing program. Then something changed. In anticipation of the 2000 Sydney Olympics, the team developed a useful strategy that changed everything. They went from being a very average rowing team to winning the Olympic gold. They were frustrated by usually finishing at best the middle of the pack in the Olympics. So to improve their chances, they chose to focus on the singular goal 
of winning the gold medal. And they were going to focus in a way that they had never focused before. So in order for them to focus to achieve the goal, they decided that every decision that they were going to make, every decision that they were going to make in their life from that time up until the Olympics had to answer the question, will it make the boat go faster? Will it make the boat go faster? For example, if one of them or all of them were invited to, let's say, a late night party the night before they were to train, they had to first ask themselves, will going to that party make the boat go faster? And if they knew that going to that party would not make the boat go faster, then the decision was no, they weren't going to go to that party. If they were tempted to eat a donut, would that help them reach the goal? Will it make the boat go faster? The British rowing team used this single question and profound implementation, and this escalated everything. And at the Sydney Olympics, indeed, they did win the gold medal. What a terrific plan. What, what, what a great idea. To get a gold medal in rowing, they had to ask themselves, will it make the boat go faster? Are your wheels turning already as mine were when I was reading that the other morning? Because that is a great principle to apply to any goal that you might have. Health goals. You know, we want to be more healthy. Well, you ask yourself this question, will this help me reach my health goals? And if it does, then pursue it. If it doesn't, don't go there. Financial goals. People have financial goals. Will this help me reach my financial goals or will it not? If it does, yes. If it doesn't, then no. Those that are in school, Pursuing further education, academic goals. Will this help me reach my academic goals? If it does, then pursue it with enthusiasm. If it doesn't, then stay away from it. What a great way to focus on things that are truly important. Bottom line, will it help the boat go faster? Such a simple thought, and yet a profound thought. If it makes the boat go faster, then you're all in. If it doesn't make the boat go faster, which was their goal, then you don't do it. Now, let's apply that to why we're here this morning. We're here to be better Christians more mature Christians. Now, every Christian, every person in this room that is born again, that's saved, you are faced with achieving one ultimate goal in life. Now, we may have many goals, and that's quite all right. Health goals, great. Financial goals, 
Great. Academic goals, great. Or any other goals you might have. That, I, I think goal setting is important. But as a Christian, there is a goal that is above all other goals. A goal that matters more than any other goal you might have in your life. And that's saying a lot because you might have some very worthy goals. It's a goal that we all share that should be our, our, that should give us, that we should give ultimate dedication, ultimate commitment. Do you know what that goal is? What could, what could I possibly be talking about? What, what is the one goal that every person in this room should share the same and and emphasize it and value it and and pursue it. What could that be? A, a goal worthy so much that all other goals are dependent upon it. Yes, there there's very clearly stated in, in Scripture. You know, lots of times Christians can get together and disagree on the interpretation of this or that. But I don't think that's the case with this one goal that we ought to apply that principle to. Does it make the boat go faster? There is one goal that every person in this room who is a believer ought to be aware of that goal and in pursuit of that goal. Can you think of what it is? Think about it for a second. Do you have something in your mind? As a believer... And, of course, it is related to you being a believer. That's what it's all about. But it is the ultimate goal because you are a believer. I think it's stated clearly in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether, therefore, you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatsoever, therefore, you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I wonder how many Christians go through almost every day of their life without even an awareness of the greatest goal God has given you, the most important goal God has given you. I wonder how many Christians will go through their life tomorrow and never even think about, is this honoring God or not? Is this giving God the glory or not? And I think that's one of the reasons so many of us struggle. I think that's one of the reasons so many Christians have so many problems today because they don't have a daily conscious awareness because having an awareness of that goal can benefit us in so many ways. To have that conscious awareness, you're invited somewhere. Is that going to bring glory to God? You have this opportunity. Is that going to bring glory to God? If that is the guiding force of your life, then if you're seeking to glorify God, it's going to always take you down the right path. And not glorifying God is going to always take you down the wrong path. And this may be why so many of us are struggling unnecessarily so in so many cases. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. The number one goal and aspiration of all of us in this room who claim the name of Jesus, it should be to glorify God in all that we do. This might be the missing link for you. This might be why your road has been so rough. 
This might be that why you struggle mentally so much and you have so much mental anguish and torment. I love what one writer said about this, his interpretation. He said, and what Paul is saying is everything, even those very mundane, routine, normal things in life are to be done to the glory of God. That's the bottom line in all our living, isn't it? The writer says. Everything we do, we are to do for the glory of God. That is the most important thing in the universe. I agree with that statement completely. When you put it in perspective, that is the most important thing. To live your life every day with the conscious awareness and a desire to bring glory to God. It's to put yourself way down here and him way up here, which is counterculture to everything you're seeing in the media, everything you're hearing in public education. Every could use your help there, Brother Lebeck. I see, no, he, he, he's running because he's wanting to make a difference. One of, the, one of the institutions today that is working against all of this is public education. And that's just, and that's not means every teacher is that way. There are good teachers out there, good, good believers, and we thank God for them. But as an institution, it's doing more to corrupt, especially higher education, it's doing more to corrupt the, the thought patterns of Americans today, even Christians and maybe any other organization out there. Is it bringing honor and glory to God? It could be the missing Link. This is important to God because he knows its importance to you and to me. And by the way, I'm preaching to me this morning too. It's easy for me to be about my daily duties and not even think, is my attitude, is it bringing glory to God right now? I pointed out to Sharon when she's yelling at me, I don't think that attitude is bringing honor and glory to God. <laughs> not that I would ever be guilty. But think how that thought, does it make the boat go faster, in other words? It made a difference for rowers. What's wrong with rowers being more committed to winning a gold medal than for Christians to want to bring honor and glory to God. Why would they think this way and focus this way and give this much intensity and effort to a gold medal? Now, yeah, I'm not making light of a gold medal. That's significant. That's worthy of of work. But I'm saying, how much more worthy is it for us to pursue the glory of God, bringing honor and glory to God? And God... God's very serious about this. Okay, it's not ambiguous, the statement, whatsoever you do, you know, do all to the glory of God. That's not left to various interpretations like maybe some passages might be. It's very clear. In fact, he says further in Isaiah 48, verse number 11, For mine own sake... Even for mine own sake will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? I will, this is God speaking, I will not give my glory unto another. 
Are you aware of that when you're wanting the attention and you're wanting your way and you haven't even considered whether that honors and glorifies God? Now let me stop and address something that you're, you're a very intelligent, smart group of people and you know, you know your Bible. And I, I'm not just saying that. I really believe that. So some of you might think, and you don't want to think it, but you, you think it. If somebody like me or somebody in this church wanted all the glory and demanded all the glory and says, I don't want anybody else to get the glory, you'd say, boy, that, they're, they're vain. They, they're, they're proud. And it's a reasonable question to say, well, how is it that God can be that way, that he really demand glory. And he says, I will not share it with anybody else. You might struggle with the idea of giving him glory if that question is unsettled in your mind. You know, does that make God kind of bad? That he wants the glory? And we'll talk about what that is in just a second. Is that bad? No, he's not guilty of vanity. Because in Psalm 18.3, it says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And then in Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Folks, he is worthy of the glory. He is worthy of the praise. And when you just look at the big picture that he created us and that he loves us and that our destiny is in his hands and that he sent his son to die for us and he will give us heaven for all of eternity... He is worthy of the honor. He is worthy of the glory. He is worthy of the praise. And he knows the danger that you and I are in when we don't give him the glory. Because it's not just all for him. It's good for us to give him honor and glory and praise. It's good for us to not be filled with ourselves and self-righteousness and pride and arrogance. It's good for us to acknowledge He who is perfect, He who loves us, He who wants the very best for us. He is worthy of that on all different levels. It's important for Him to receive the glory. And it is not an act of vanity on His part. It is so important. In fact, one writer said this. God demands worship. God demands worship because he and he alone is worthy of it. He is the only being that truly deserves worship. He requests that we acknowledge his greatness, his power, and his glory. And thankfully, when people realize that, 
they put themselves in a position to be blessed. I, I read of a battle that occurred between the English and the French, and it occurred in France. The English were in France, and this battle happened in 1415, and in this battle, the English, who were outnumbered, they're not sure, it was either two to one or like four to one, they had the victory there, and let me just read you what it says. After the battle of Agincourt, which is where this happened in France, it is said that Henry V of England, of course, and they won against overwhelming numbers. It is said that Henry V, that desiring to acknowledge the divine interposition, he ordered the chaplain to read a psalm of David. And when he came to these words, not unto us, not unto us, O Lord, but unto thy name give glory and praise, it is said that the king dismounted his officers, dismounted. The cavalry all dismounted. Great hosts of officers and men fell on their faces in reverence to their great deliverer. And this writer says, when we contemplate what great victories we have attained over sin through Christ, how fitting to fall before God in thanksgiving and praise, crying, not unto us, but unto thy name, be the praise and the glory. It speaks so well of an individual and for an individual that they are mature enough in the Lord that whether it's a battle of the English against the French or if it's a battle with sinful desires, that when the victory comes, we give God the glory for it. We give God the glory for it. What does that mean? What does it mean to give God the glory? Probably if I asked 10 people in here, I might would get 10 opinions, and maybe most of them, all of them might be right. But here's what it means. To give God the glory, it means to make glorious by bestowing honor, praise, and admiration. To give, to give God the glory means to... To make him look good, to acknowledge his greatness and, and his wonder. And not just coming from within you, but you want others, when you glorify God, you, you want them to know that you appreciate God for, for who he is and all that he is. Glorify means feeling and thinking and acting in ways that reflect his greatness that make much of God, that give evidence of the supreme greatness of all his attributes and the all-satisfying beauty of his manifold uh, perfections. And as he is receiving that glory of which he is worthy, then you are focusing on he who loves you and understands your struggles and understands that you're fighting battles. He understands that you have enemies. Our flesh is not our friend. The world is not our friend. And of course, it goes without saying, Satan is not our friend. And when you are giving glory to God, you're not being influenced by them. You're not being taken down by them. You're not being tricked or fooled by them. You are focusing on him. It is for his benefit and for ours that every day 
in everything we do, we should be glorifying God. We should be asking all the time, will it make the boat go faster? With everything you do the remainder of this day, and with every situation you find yourself in tomorrow, you ask yourself that question. If you want to attain that goal, as the rowing team wanted to attain their goal, rather than asking, will it make the boat go faster, we ask ourselves a different question, but a more important question. Will it glorify God? Is what I'm thinking, does it glorify God? Is what I'm doing, is it going to glorify God? If it does, then you do it. You pursue it with enthusiasm and zeal. But if it doesn't, you back off. You don't do it. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing as best you can, starting immediately after this service, start asking yourself the question, will this glorify God? Or if you just want to phrase it this way, will it make the boat go faster? Why would anybody in their right mind not want to do that? To bring honor and glory to God, to whom honor and glory is due, but at the same time, with what that accomplishes in you, what it promotes in you, and what it keeps out of your life. Paul clearly taught this principle. Oh, he never used the words or that phrase, will it make the boat go faster? But listen to what he says in Ephesians 4.21 and see if this does not reflect that principle. That's why the idea of will it make the boat go faster, it resonated with me. And when something resonates with me, I know it has some biblical background to it. Well, you see it right here, Ephesians 4.21. Paul says, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye, here it is, put off concerning the former conversation, the former life, when you were unsaved, put that old man stuff off. Why? Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Paul is teaching... If it makes the boat go slower, you have to put it off because it's corrupt. If you want the boat to go faster, you have to put it on. If you want to live in the center of God's will, there's got to be some things, even though you might like it, and even though everybody else might like it, if you know that it's not according to God's will, if you know it won't glorify God, you're not going to do it. And you'll take the heat for it if necessary. Because you want... The boat to go faster. And if you want the boat to go faster, then as Paul is stating here, there's going to be some things you're going to put on. You're going to be in church. Every time I stand in this pulpit or some other pastor stands in this pulpit, as will be the case this afternoon, we're going to bat for you. That's God sending you. He loves you. We're here not of our own will. I can assure you of that. This is God's will. 
I didn't come up with the whole idea of church and preachers and Holy Spirit touching hearts like mine and having me be here. But to glorify God. Think about it as we close. Paul says, there's got to be some things you've got to put off. And there's got to be some things you've got to put on. Are there some things in the area of entertainment? Ask yourself, is what I'm watching, is what I'm reading, is the event that I'm going to, is it making the boat go faster? What about in the area of friendships? Are there people that you know influence you in the wrong way? Are they making the boat go faster? How about habits? How about your attitude? Is it making the boat go faster? And of course, I'm using that as a phrase for, is it glorifying God? Maybe to make the boat go faster, you have to acquire better habits, better attitudes, more church, more Bible study, more prayer, better friends. I admire the dedication of of athletes. I never was an athlete. Looking at me, you say, boy, Pastor, I can't imagine you not being an athlete, but... Oh, I could have been if I'd have wanted to be. I have no doubt about that. I mean, but it would have brought me away from the Lord. But back to athletes. I admire the discipline of athletes. I, I admire those rowers on that British rowing team with that kind of self-discipline, that kind of dedication, and that kind of focus. I admire that. But can I be honest with you? I struggle with Christians who, hey, could you be a little more faithful? I don't know about that. Could, could you pray more? Oh, that, that's so hard. Uh, are, are you tithing as you should? On the one hand, carnal athletes giving everything to win a gold medal. And we applaud them, and we should. The American, the, the Olympic team that, that beat uh, the, the Russians however many years ago. It's been a while now, I suppose. It's adding up. We applaud them. We, we, we cheered with pride. The Americans beat the Russians in, in hockey. And we, we admire their discipline and their effort. But Christians, I don't know. I'm tired. I don't know, you know, how long is that going to last at Brother Monty? How late is it going to go? You, you see the comparison? You know, and I realize there's people in this room, you, you have ailments and what have you, and you can't do what you used to do. Anymore. I'm just talking about be as committed as you can be. Maybe you can only be less committed than you were 50 years ago. But as you, are you as committed as you can be? Will it make the boat go faster? If athletes can ask that question, Certainly, we ought to be able to ask ourselves this question. I'm preaching to myself because I'm as guilty as any of you may be guilty. Will it glorify God? Does it glorify God? That could be the answer to so many of our problems and so many of our issues. It could resolve so many issues by making sure each and every day that we ask the question, for whatever may come forward, 
we ask the question, will it glorify God? Because that is a goal that God has given to each of us. And the wise, mature people in this room will grab a hold of this, and this will be life-changing. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.